All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Time now for Coming In Hot with Brent Wallace, Bobby Ryan, and Jason York. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, Brent Wallace alongside Bobby Ryan. Jason York is on assignment. We believe since he's in Florida, Bob, he's touring retirement residences. I, I know when you told me that this morning, I figured it was pretty early to start putting me in one, but I'm glad you guys are on the job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was there uh, but- that by the way, is Nashville still shut down? That you got, if I read correctly, you guys got a full year amount of snow uh, yesterday in one day. I want to. I took a picture of this this morning. Okay, they not only closed school today; they've already called it for tomorrow. <laughs> um, it's about eight o'clock in the morning my time, and all the emails are coming in for all the closures. This this was the road I was on this morning. Death defying, right? So all the big tough guys in their F-150 is looking at me passing in the left lane. We're like, what is this guy doing? I'm like, there's no snow on the road. So yeah, the kids are home and um, the city is shut. It is eight degrees. It's cold, but it, I mean, okay. Mind boggling. Uh, speaking of <laughs> mind boggling, uh, we have Frank Cervelli waiting. Uh, we're going to get to him right away from Daily Face Off. Uh, He's an Eagles fan, Bob, but do not bring up the fact that I cheer for the Cowboys, okay? Just we're only going to talk to Eagles. Got it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we got a few other things to get to, so let's get right to it. Uh, first, we'll take care of some business, then we'll get Frank on here to talk about pending perhaps moves with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, this show is always proudly presented to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Uh, Charm Diamond Centers, proudly Canadian-owned and operated since 1972 with more than 85 locations across the country through Charm and their sister brands. Super knowledgeable. Uh, not sure what to get? Go see the staff at Charm Diamond Centers. They will help you find what you're looking for. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. Valentine's Day quickly approaching. Or for any special occasion, Charm Diamond Centers is the crown jewel of beautiful pieces of jewelry, including a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mine diamonds, and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing. Uh, for more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. And as always, our show brought to you by our friends at BEI, Bonisher Excavating, heavy civil general contractor in both the public and the private sectors. When planning your next project, consider BEI for all of your aggregate supply needs, including all things equipment rentals, aggregate, topsoil sales, haulage and floating. They move stuff. You can find them at bonisherexcavating.com or give them a shout at 613-432-1120. BEI is helping to shape the Ottawa Valley 
And as always, um, as we're learning here, slow down in the snow in the construction zones, please. <laughs> Except for you, apparently. Uh, and yeah. by Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Uh, no practice needed. Coaches will show you the ropes. It's simple. Just show up. It's great for the family. Couples, date night, uh, corporate groups, kids 12 and up can throw by a company by a guardian. Uh, looking for the uh, ultimate birthday party, team building, or just having a fantastic night with your uh, significant other, perhaps. Then it's time to visit Battle Axe Throwing. Uh, book now at battlegrounds.com. Uh, looking for a unique venue to book your birthday or anything else for that matter? Give them a shout. Uh, Battlegrounds.com and let the excitement begin. Uh, 2615 Lancaster Road. All right, without further ado, it is uh, Frank Cervelli from dailyfaceoff.com. Of course, go there for the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Frank, um, I don't even know if I want to ask how you're doing today. Eh, we'll make it. Uh, look, that I've never seen a team <laughs> quite crumple like the Eagles did, just absolutely quit halfway through the season disappointing and and wally i didn't know that you were a cowboys fan but when you said it it just just kind of makes sense Made sense. it, it <laughs> falls in line doesn't it it tracks yeah it's it's just not right listen i was a fan just so we're clear when ed tutal jones and tony dorsett were playing back in like the uh, late 70s or whatever it is okay but were you, okay. are you a fan because you're from canada and you just don't know any other teams basically yeah okay yeah <laughs> i'll give you that <laughs> I, I knew they were america's team i had no clue they were canada's team yeah well i, I i'm easily influenced by the way yorkie in florida did he tell you that i saw him like six yes. weeks ago he had he sent he us a picture and so i was and <laughs> how did today, i look because like, you know what uh it was what <laughs> is it's a hilarious story actually because i i've never I never met Yorkie in person through all of our travels over the years. We never talked and I had been, so I, I went to Florida on a long weekend. Uh, me and my wife and two other couples, friends of ours, we rented a boat that day. We were out all day drinking. I come back and I'm, I'm walking past the bar and I see this guy like, like looking at me and I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> and then I, I kind of like look over and I'm like, I'm one eyeing at this point. Like I am obliterated. And, <laughs> and I, I like Yorkie and he's like, Frank. And then like his wife, like his wife was standing there and she was kind of just like, who is this guy? And why is he talking to my husband? He's trashed. And then Yorkie's like, hurry up, let's take a selfie. Let's send it to Wally. And that's all I remember. That's amazing. Uh, that's I'll it. see if I can get in by the end of the, the show. Um, but I do have the picture. Uh, Frank, I love it. You're very well known for your uh, top 25 trade bait board. You've been doing it for, I think, 200 years now. Um, the do you still get a lot of grief when you put guys on it from, let's say, GMs or agents? Uh, not so much grief. I think I try and go every length possible to get to the stakeholders involved and either a kind of give them a heads up and and kind of a courtesy to say, hey, just an FYI. You know your client, your player, whoever it might be. You know I'm I'm adding them to my trade board, and you know open to thoughts and ideas and dialogue. And and sometimes you'll get a manager that responds back, and it's like, hey, whatever you heard, good luck, because that's not it. And you know there's zero <laughs> chance I'm moving this guy, and that's actually really helpful because then you don't go out and look like an idiot. Or sometimes you know they say, hey. I'm probably going to do something. It's, it may not be this guy. It might be someone else. Um, but you're, you know, you're kind of on the right track. So that's sort of the background to how the list gets shaped. And there's always information going and coming. And it's also when you're 60 days out, it's always changing too. Yeah. So and at this stage, are you at this stage, are you day to day like that, that, because I gotta be, I, I gotta be honest. I I remember myself being on the list a few times way back when. So uh, yeah. I was just what, like, I'm like, what is Frank doing right now? And and checking my phone back in the day. So do you do you update it every day? Uh, right now we're in kind of the week to week stage. Okay. You know, I'll update it once a week, and then once we get two to three weeks out, I'll start doing it every other day. And then the last week, it's it's day by day. So it. It does get uh, like the hardest part sometimes is you're looking for new info and intel. And sometimes you get a deadline period where not that much is changing. Right. And you're kind of just like, well, how do I keep this fresh and interesting? Okay. 
Yeah. I, I remember being pissed. I wasn't high enough. I'm like, if there's a list, I want to be higher. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you'd be shocked at what some guys get mad at, especially when I do the free agent, uh, rankings, like guys are always complaining, like, how come I'm not higher on the list? And then like, when I see someone and what they sign for, and if that player that I had higher is, you know, made two or five or seven extra million bucks, I send them a screenshot and say, Hey, how'd that work out? That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love the fact, Bob, that you're you're aware that you're on the list. I remember that. I, I can't was it it was one or two years back. More my Anaheim days than Ottawa days when I like I ended up being a summer trade, obviously. But uh yeah, it felt like every year for two two to three years right beforehand, they were like, Bobby's the guy that's moving. Cause I was on that second year deal where I had no trade protection, right? Your second contract. Um we were waiting for Getzloff and Perry to sign those extensions. And as soon as they signed, I remember I was like, well, I'm so gone. <laughs> like, there's just no way. Feeling. Yeah. We were just waiting. And then I kind of, you get past that free agency part where you had it been traded at the draft. Free agency is open five days in and I get traded, I think like July 5th or 6th or whatever it was. And I thought I hadn't, I was like, I'm going back to Anaheim. Okay. And then boom, <laughs> you wake up and get the call. Mere hours after Daniel Alfredson. Uh, yep. Signed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, hey, Bob, Bob, when you go through that, though, like after you've already been traded once, do you start to care less? Like, does it bother you less? Um, or does it depend on your living situation? You know, what's going on with your kids, your family, whatever else? I would say it absolutely depends on the living situation. The second time I cared more of out of the first time I had no ties to anywhere. I was easy. I was young. I was uh, at the point where I could move anywhere. Um, the second time I, I was a little more concerned about the family dynamic for sure. I had, a, I had a young one at home and it felt like my name was being brought up, but my contract was, it, it, there were just so many moving parts as you know, but the first time around, I was like, just tell me where I'm going. I had some excitement towards it. Um, the second time I didn't want to be moved. I was very comfortable and, when the rumors really started to circulate there in Ottawa for a little bit, um, I, I fell victim to the, the internet for sure. And the, the list and things like that, when you're secure and you're comfortable and you have a home and your family's there, it, it plays a major part in, in kind of where you think you want to go. That's for sure. So my last question before I want to get to the sense is for Bob, was there anybody in the room that was really bothered by the rumors that you've ever played with? Not, no, I think I was probably one of the worst because it's just when, when something so big is hanging like a life movie, right? Like it's not just a trade. You can go play hockey anywhere and, and you hope it works out. But the life move, I was, I was probably one of the more concerned guys at the time. And I knew the, the chances were slim with my contract being the way it was. Um, but a lot of guys do a really good job of not letting it seep in. Um, some guys make self-deprecating jokes that you kind of laugh off. Um, but at the same time, nobody, nobody airs it out in the room. Once you get in the room, you kind of put it all away and you just focus on the the day. So no, nobody overwhelming. All right. This makes more sense as to why you own a house in every state now. <laughs> I've done the two. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm okay, in the Frank. southeast and I'm staying. <laughs> uh, number 10 on your list, Frank, has raised some eyebrows in the Ottawa area. You have Jacob Chikrin, who just got here, it feels like. At number 10, what do you think the chances of him uh, being moved here in the next 52 days, if my math is correct, until the trade deadline? Yeah, 10 months ago, just got here, and the Sens gave up a pretty significant package in order to get him from Arizona. And the thing is, it's actually kind of like home for Jacob Chicker. And as you guys know, with you know family being close by, and um, that part for him has been really enjoyable. I think... Um, he'd personally like to try and see this through. I think not just with Chickering, but really with the whole sense, you know, veteran group, especially they're feeling like there's some frustration there and it's not necessarily coach related or anything like that. I think they want to try and experience and get a taste of some success, which has really eluded this group for a while. So why does Jacob Chickering appear on my board. I mean, the true simple answer is that the Sens probably need to shake things up a bit is one and two, they've got a bit of a log jam on the left side of their defense with Sanderson and Shabbat and Chikrin all making pretty significant money. And really the bigger thing that kind of brings Chikrin more into focus than someone like Shabbat is 
You're going to have to make a decision on him one way or the other when it comes to the summer, more or less. He's open and eligible to begin negotiating on an extension. And, and that's the question you have to ask yourself is with the Sens is if we're doling out $8 million a apiece to Sanderson and Shabbat, that's great. But how much then are we going to pay Chikrin? And does he fit in terms of our overall five, six, seven-year plan? Or does it make more sense to capitalize on the value that he has given that he's played really quite well since arriving in Ottawa? Do you think... Uh, the Sens are serious about moving him. So there's, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Either teams call or GMs actively shop their player. Do you think it's more of teams calling about him as it is the Sens looking to move him? I think it's a lot of teams calling and expressing interest. But I think the other end of that is, and this is where you start to deal with semantics, and I hate the old deadline cliches that are always thrown out there, you know, uh, you know, I'm not shopping the guy. Yeah, like the Sens aren't actively looking to move Jacob Chikrin. But the other part of this is I just explained why they'd have to realistically, you know, engage in, in some type of thought about what the longer term view is here. Yeah. But the, the other part is the Sens with their lack of success and where they need to get to, they have to put everything on the table, you know, short of maybe moving one, two, or three pieces, I think you've got to really consider anything that comes down the pike that makes sense that you feel like could improve your team. And that's just the nature of, of where Ottawa is at is I wrote a piece last week about trade deadline objectives. For me, the top objective for the Sens is to, it's not just identify the core pieces that are going to be staying around. It's getting it right. You, you know, you can identify all you want. You've got to pick the right guys and you've got to, as a GM, pick the parts that you're going to cast off elsewhere. Are you hearing, uh, before we get back to possible trade targets, are you hearing that this team is going to have a big overhaul between now and the start of next season? I don't know if overhaul is the correct word, but I do think that they're in for some significant changes. And, and frankly, they should be, given that, Something isn't quite right. Like I do think the coaching part has played, you know, a sizable role or impact in terms of how this season has unfolded, not just results wise, but even eye test wise. Like I'm not really seeing any significant change uh, in the team under Jacques Martin. And I think they need to, you know, consider, you know, one of their other top priorities needs to be bringing in a, a permanent coach that can, really fulfill all of those roles and obligations. And then you get that set for moving forward, who can also help shape your vision and how your team wants to play and execute. Um, I, but I also think that there's something to this mix of guys and I'm not pointing the finger at anyone in particular. I think there's just been more a, at least from the people I talk to that are close to it, a culture of complacency where, yeah, they want to win and they say all the right things, but, the fact of the matter is this, when you've got so many guys locked up to long-term deals that are making, you know, life-changing, you know, life security money, you tend to just not be as a fact more hungry than some of the other guys that are scrapping and scratching and clawing. And mm -hmm. I think that part of it for me is it kind of stands out. It's, you know, they've got some questions to answer here as to who's part of the solution and who's part of the problem. So one of the interesting by the way, names... Just, yeah. just wanted to clear up. I'm not saying that Jacob Chickering is part of the problem at all when he appears on my list. I actually think he's a really viable and strong long-term solution, his injury history notwithstanding. If it mm. were me and I were looking at the Sens, the guy that I'd probably be most interested in trying to figure out where the future lies is Thomas Shabbat. Mm -hmm. well, that was my next question of, is yeah. it one or the other? And and this isn't uh, we need to move Thomas Shabbat because he's not a good hockey player, which people like to dump on in the city. Thomas Shabbat's contract right now is the key part, right? Is it the no trade or the no move clause kicks in July 1. He gets $10 million next year in salary. If there was ever a time, it would be now. And it's not to move somebody. It's to make your team better in how you re recover whatever assets you can. Do you think yeah. Thomas Shabbat is moved here? And, and that's part of the problem is as much as you're looking at the contract and saying, Hey, if not now, then when 
the problem is that's what a lot of other teams are looking at. And they might say, Hey, I like the player a lot, but I don't know that I really want to commit 8 million a year for the next four years for him to be that guy on my team. And so yeah. that's where you start to run into an issue of, well, where can we find and create the most value here? Which is why I came back to, to Jacob Chikorin as the guy that makes sense is yeah. teams can mold him with whatever contract they choose. Plus get, you know, a couple playoff runs out of this current deal that really makes a lot of sense. I think the one thing to point out with the Sens and, you know, looking at Shabbat and that contract and where he sits right now, you know, people look, I think, kind of, I don't want to say, because no one's viewpoint is ever wrong, but I think people look at the Sens, you know, probably at times with their overall scheme of, Oh, this is a really young team that, you know, they're looking to try and find their way. Like, let me remind you now that Thomas Shabbat is 26. He's not 22. He's not 21. These are guys that are trending closer to 30 as look, you know, age catches up to everyone, but you know, you start to get out of that conversation of, well, he's just a young guy still developing. Like, no, this is a guy that's an established NHL player, 400 NHL games under his belt you know, at some point he kind of just is what he is. And, and same thing could be said about some of the other pieces on the team. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Very true. Um, I guess, I guess my question was when I, when Chikrin's the only player that makes the list on a team that could have a, a major yard sale, I guess, if you will, um, where do guys that are expiring come in for you and how, when you're crafting the list and you look at a person like Tarasenko, Kubali, guys that could absolutely help teams with their contract and some retain, um, for the Sens. So some bargain deals, where do those guys fit in for you? um in in the process of making the list and then being moved like do you do you see ottawa making moves like kubalik moves like tarasenko i know that they're not you know some of the, the sexier pieces that make the list kind of thing the jake gensel's like the guys that are you know kind of filing in in 25 spots but those are guys that teams should absolutely be looking at for playoff stretches right so i was just wondering where what the process is for you and, and thought processes on those guys being gone yeah i mean look Kubalik's going to end up on the board at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, I still had some real questions about Tarasenko and look, he holds the cards here with the way that he structured his, his one-year contract. He's got the no trade clause that he can veto anything. And I haven't gotten a confirmation one way or the other that he'd actually waive. Mm -hmm. um, the Sens can, can push, but I, I think last time I checked his, his son plays minor hockey in the Ottawa area I think they really like it there. And more than that, I think the Sens, young, some of the younger guys on the team have really enjoyed having him around as a positive influence 
that at least from the people I've spoken to have found him to be a really helpful voice in there for a team that's been through some tough times yeah. uh, that I, I don't, I don't necessarily get the sense that the Sens themselves, their front office are dying to move him and, or that he wants to get out of there. So for me, until I kind of get that word one way or the other, that's why he doesn't appear on the board. Um, as far as, you know, creating some other value, like, you know, you're going to get something for Kubalik, but like, there's a reason why he hasn't, you know, given his point production ended up with any sort of longer term deal anywhere else is like, he's kind of one of those guys that it feels like every time you turn around, he's kind of right on the scrap heap, whether it's, you know, 25 to 40 on your trade targets board or, you know, 25 to 50 on your free agents board. He's kind of always out there, always available. Very fair. Very fair. So, there's lots of chatter out of Calgary about moving pieces. Elias Lind- Lindholm, Rasmus Anderson, um, even Mackenzie Weger. I'm going to get to him in a sec. Do you foresee Ottawa, like Ottawa would love, obviously, to get a right-handed shooting defenseman. Do you think Rasmus Anderson could be on the move? I tend to think that it's pretty unlikely. Um, look, he's the one guy there coupled with Uyghur that actually has some term. Mm. And that's a big reason why I've been saying all along this year for the flames. Yeah. They've got a ton of guys that are on expiring contracts and some that are going to create some significant value, including Lindholm. You mentioned who's number one on the board. Tanev isn't far behind. They've got three guys in my top five. (laughs) Hannafin's on that list, but you, if your design is to be competitive in a two to three year window, which the flames aren't going to go scorched earth, full rebuild here. They can't not with some of the longer term deals that they have for Uberto and for Kadri and probably including Uyghur in that group that if they want to be competitive, you, you can't just start from scratch again. You've got to keep a piece or two around. And Hannafin for me is the guy that makes the most sense that if you can sort of, go into next season or the next three years with Uyghur, Hannafin, and Anderson as the sort of first half of your defense core, well, then you're in a, a decent chance. You're giving yourself an opportunity to have some of your young guys in the meantime step up and fill out the bottom half of that defense. Now, when it comes to, you know, do, do you pluck off a piece like Uyghur and try and redo it? Like, I personally think the way that he's played, it's it's significantly improved since the first couple months that he was in Calgary after that trade. And at six two five, like you're just seeing this price go up, up, and up. I think for Calgary, the the best play is to just keep him and and not try and then have to go out and replace him once you move him. He like he has a no trade clause. Like we keep talking about him, like he's easily available. I don't. Yeah. If I'm Calgary. What there's no ch- I don't think I'm if he was him. from anywhere other than Ottawa, you I know. wouldn't even ask. I yep. yeah, I, I just don't see this pre- I don't see this happening whatsoever, but mm. I could very well be wrong. I don't know that the draw home is enough to make him move his no trade to join a team that's perennially bottom four in the league. Mm. I mean, that's he's a, probably looking at not all that different in Calgary for the next couple of years until they figure it out. It's just a matter of where you want to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby, have you checked the tax situation? Um, The, (laughs) so they have Jacob Markstrom uh, again, who's I think as a no move or no trade clause, I think for two years holds all. Yes, that's it. Uh, $6 million a year. There was a time Ottawa was negotiating with him uh, when they signed Matt Murray. And I think Markstrom turned down an offer. I think there was a $500,000 difference in contract. Uh, and so he went to Calgary. Um, he had the same contract offer on the table, actually, with the Oilers, too. And oh, wow. he was He had actually, I in the Oilers think that he had more or less agreed to come there before he ended up switching and going to Calgary. See, so, and I heard with Ottawa, they felt they, they used Ottawa as negotiating tactic for Calgary. So that would... That kind of sounds like the same idea. It sounds like multiple Canadian teams have been spurned. Should be public enemy number one. But now that everybody's gone from Ottawa, do you think Jacob Markstrom could be on the move? I I would like to. I think they need a Jacob Markstrom type goaltender. 
I mean, they, they could use the stability for sure. I, again, I understand where Calgary's at with Dustin Wolf being on the way. He's, he's likely or very likely to be named the AHL goalie of the year for the third consecutive year. He he's more than ready to play in the NHL, but they've got to find a situation where they can extract as much value as possible, whether that's Markstrom, if he's willing to play ball or whether that's Dan Vladar as a backup, whose numbers haven't been great that one year ago we were talking about as being a guy that could be a future number one or one a somewhere that just, he hasn't been able to do it. He's got the size, he's got the game, everything that you want. And there's been no consistency there, which is really kind of just the nature of the position. So um, I think Markstrom is a bit of a long shot. And I think the reason for that is we're seeing a market correction in what goalies are being paid. I think teams are realizing that unless you're paying Hellebuck or Vasilevsky or one of the two guys in New York, Shesterkin or Sorokin, Demko. If you're paying in that four, five, six million dollar range, more or less what you've been getting, and the Sens are testament to this with Mary and with uh, you know the guys Talbot. they have now, that you know you can more or less get the same from those guys as you can spending two or two and a half or three, and not put yourself in nearly as much of a cap bind. Uh, fair enough. Okay. So, uh, Elias Lindholm, which I think would be a fantastic fit in Ottawa. Why don't we, like, I know I'm trying to trade for all of Calgary's pieces. Uh, I think he'd be a great number two center. Uh, what do you think it takes to pry him out of Calgary? Well, it's the sense, and this is going to have to be part of the calculus is it's not just going to be what it would take to pry him out of Calgary, which you're looking at, you know, multiple future assets, including a number one pick. Yeah. is you got to pay him. Mm -hmm. So what are you comfortable with paying on the back end of it? There was talk before the season started that the Lindholm camp was looking for an AAV that began with a nine. Oh. And you might have been able to get away with that before the year started, but with his production taking a dip and he's kind of in the $50 million, sorry, 50 point production range, you know, that AAV has plummeted to, it's somewhere between seven, seven, five and eight two five right now, maybe 8 million bucks. So you're looking at, if you trade for him before the deadline, maybe eight times eight, if you can keep him. And if not, if he goes to market, you're looking at, you know, seven times, maybe eight and change now that can the Sens really afford another player. And this guy, I, I'm a big Lindholm fan. This is a guy that's gotten Selkie votes and is a pretty complete player and has shown some serious offensive uh, creativity. But do the Sens need another $8 million player for a second-line center? I, I'm not entirely convinced that's the case. Just a different type. Uh, I know you got to go, so 10 seconds. Trevor Zegras is on your list, which raised many eyebrows. Do you foresee him being moved at the deadline? Not before the deadline. Uh, that injury now six to eight weeks certainly isn't going to help. And I think it's just a name to really keep an eye on as the conversation gets louder for the summer because he's not really someone that I believe fit, fits Pat Verbeek's overall vision of how the uh, the Ducks are going to play. Fair enough. Uh, Frank, I appreciate your time as always. Great <clears throat> stuff. Uh, don't forget dailyfaceoff.com for the trade bait board. All 25 guys in there. Uh, thanks, Frank. Take care, my friend. Go, See Eagles. Go, Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> Uh, so Frank, have, uh, we had we had to rush him out of there. Something must have come down the pipeline. So he's he's a busy, busy man. So the phone, um, the buzzing. I, I appreciate his time as always. Uh, lots of stuff still going on here. We got to do also our pick for today is Colorado's in town. Uh, the Habs did us no favors with a, beating them last night. So Colorado, I'm assuming, a little cranky today. Um, yeah. Before so before we do that, I want to get to um, our Wendy's. Did you know because um, it's just an interesting note I found uh, before we get the return of Shane Pinto. So uh, Wendy's and, of course, Daily Faceoff, which is our good friend Frank, um, has a Daily Faceoff survivor pool. Uh, shots on goal, goals against average, points per game. Uh, they can make or break your week, but don't overlook the BPMM, the Wendy's Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt. Sure, it may not help you win weekly prizes with your Wendy's Daily Faceoff fantasy, but... Unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up 
for Daily Faceoff today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Wendy's, we keep it fresh. So here we go. Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris, and Shane Pinto are expected to be the Sens' top three centers for the foreseeable future, uh, minus any big blockbuster trade. However, they've only played together in the same game 25 times out of a possible 258 games. Um, it should be, I think, 0.9%. Uh, when all three are playing in the same game, Ottawa has a record 16-8-1. So if you could carry that over a season, they'd be a pretty good team if that were the case. Just find it very shocking. Like four seasons, they've That's only scary. been able to play 25 times together. Well, three, right? You lose one of them for Josh right out of the gate, I guess. Well, pins, uh, uh, Pinto lost his as well with the shoulder. Like that's the yeah. thing. They've just they've had so many injuries. Yeah, they really have. They've and that's you can lose wingers and replace wingers. You cannot replace centers that that are supposed to be your top three. So that that's yeah. that, that's a mind boggling stat. That yeah. I, I I knew it was low. I would not I would not have guessed out of two hundred and fifty eight. It was twenty five. Right. So there's always the, well, DJ Smith never had a full lineup. I get it. Now, Shane Pinto was also a rookie, and so was Tim Stutzler. So it's not like they were all 35 goal scorers right off the gate here. Right. For, but, yeah. but those are three extremely talented high end players that gives this team, I think, a completely different look if they're all in the lineup together. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, so some news yesterday, Bob, as we continue to see changes in this organization, and I consider that can, can, I think there will be more on the way. Zach Burke, the goaltending coach who uh, was brought in in 2021, uh, was reassigned, which is basically fired because they did the same yeah. thing to Pierre, uh, Pierre Grew when they brought in Zach Burke. They say go scout. He'll scout for a bit. He'll look at goaltenders, but he won't be around the team. He was replaced with Justin Peters. Um, and I'm not at all shocked by this. I, the Sens right now are 31st in save percentage, 30th in goals against. And in his tenure, they're 24th in save percentage and 24th in goals against. Not yeah. a big surprise. They need to figure out something to shake this up. For sure. I don't think they realized how lucky they had it with Pierre Grill and how good he was. Um, I, I think he was, he was Andy's and the old regime's guy. So they're right. He was with Guy and, and yep. Um, but he was unbelievable because I spent arguably more time with than anybody with him and Andy and a lot of, and he said it when he was on a lot of being a goaltending coach is being a therapist. Um, and it takes time to build that relationship and trust up between goalies and, and that. And, and when everybody came in, I don't think Pierre was given that time and he had a carousel of goalies that he's, you know, he's got guys coming up that he knows little about here. And then like, when you think about the amount of goalies mm -hmm. they've gone through after Andy, all that being said, Zach Bierk is essentially the fall guy for a team going out and getting mediocre goalies and expecting them to play above board on a team that gives up 10 bellers like they're candy. <laughs> like yes. I, I'm not defending Zach Bierk because obviously his, his job is in the details and the numbers and the numbers are horrific, but it's, it's the same thing you just did with Jacques Martin, and now you're doing it with a different position. You're going to expect a big change right away, and it's not coming. The help is not coming. It's not going to be in what – goaltenders at this level don't need anything more than drills to focus on what they need to get better at. Nobody's going yeah. in the net to make these saves, and nobody's going to – nobody's battening down the hatches. Like, I watched that game of Corpus Allo the other night again. He had no chance on all the goals except for one. Those are backdoor tap-ins. Um, so – you can't defend the stats, but at the same time, you can't make changes and expect big change. It's just not going to come. You know, it's interesting. Uh, by the way, Pierre Grew is also Carey Price's goaltending coach. Uh, he mm -hmm. worked with Roberto Luongo. Even uh, Andy was flying him around during, I think, COVID and during off seasons to train with him because that's how much uh, he liked working with them. Yeah. Pierre Grew started as the video coach for the Ottawa Senators under Jacques Martin. No way. I didn't know that way. part. Yeah. 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 So. And then he ended up going to Florida with Jacques, ended up going to Montreal with Jacques. Um, so I thought maybe they might, uh, they were not going to bring him back, but I thought there was a potential that you could see him back in. Um, he's now, of course, uh, Pierre Grew with the Professional Women's Hockey League, and he is the assistant yeah. coach with Ottawa now. Um, anyway, just I think he's fantastic. I, I, I'm sure he doesn't want to get back into the the grind of the NHL season again like he, I, like he was doing, but... Yeah, I think he was very, very good for this hockey team. But anyway, 
I agree. Um, I think he like I think he likes being home based on my conversations yes. with him. Yeah. Yes. But the, the interesting part is when we had um Ron Tugnut on and Jacques would call Ron like, Hey, you come into my hockey school. Pierre Grew had to go every year to Jacques hockey school. No. <laughs> He's like, You'll be here this week. Okay. Anyway, um so now with Anton Forsberg out. Uh, we see Mad Sogard take the net. He's been on fire, by the way. Uh, he's won his last three. He's allowed two goals. He's got one shutout. Um, I don't know where he gets into a game. I don't see foresee them playing him against Colorado tonight. Yeah, Maybe. No. But that that seems like an awful lot to throw at Sogard right away. I know they lost last night, but this is the Colorado Avalanche who uh, are still on a tear. Yeah. It. I, I don't see it. Um, and I guess when, by, by speaking about that, we'll speak about the game a little bit. Um, yeah. This is a road trip. Like Colorado is sitting in second and they're giving up two games in hand to a team uh, in Winnipeg. That's, that's unbelievable right now. Um, and having a hell of a year. They looked at, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you Colorado looked at Montreal and Ottawa back to back and said four points. And now they're, and now they didn't get two out of the gate. They're going to come out hard tonight. They're going to come out, saying we have to be 500 here, right? Like the, it's just unacceptable to, to drop four points. So they're going to be flying. And I think that's a lot to ask for a young goaltender to come in and do that. Even though a big part of me, if I'm, if I'm making the decision is going, well, what else am I going to do? Like, let's throw them into the fire. Cause the other options, Corpus Allo, who hasn't been great either. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting, but I, I, I think Corpus Allo is going to have to run it back and you give the kid a chance to get his feet wet and some skates and practices again. Like, does he like, uh, he's not going to, if he doesn't face Colorado and then I don't think he faces Winnipeg. Um, he plays Montreal that comes in uh, They're Like they just ended, I think a three game slide. And then they've got that Philly game, which is the back to back between Winnipeg and the next day they're in Philly in an afternoon. I would think it's Philly that he plays, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I could agree with that. And like, if if you're Corpus Allo and you're the coaching staff, you're like, we got to get them in against Montreal because it's a game that we can feasibly win. Like it's a winnable yes. game and you don't want, you don't want your, here's what you don't want. You don't want your starting goalie at this point. That is not had a good year. Confidence has to be horrific. And then you're going to give them two out of the next four games are going to be Colorado and Winnipeg, but you're not going to give them Montreal or Philly. So it's, it's kind of a pick your poison. I think you might be right that Corpus Allo runs the board this week and then you, yeah. you slide Sogard in on, um, on in Philly, excuse me. In Philly, the return of uh, Shane Pinto game, by the way, as we uh, get closer to seeing him back in action. Um, quickly, uh, someone we don't talk, I was hoping Yorkie was going to be on the show today, but I understand uh, he's, he's on vacation, so I, I understand it. But I wanted to talk about our, today's uh, hot or cold performer brought to you by DoorDash because uh, he, He's in that wheelhouse as being, I don't want to give it away just yet. So um, this show is always delivered by DoorDash. Uh, get everything you need. Uh, simply just download the app and then enter code NATION25. So for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the app. Uh, enter code NATION25. That's all uppercase letters, N-A-T-I-O-N 25. Uh, 25% off up to a $10 value, zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code NATION25. Don't forget, NATION25, 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. Our hot performer today, Artem Zub, who doesn't get a lot of attention, but his last game versus San Jose was career-ish. Yeah. Uh, three assists, which is three points, obviously. Seven shots on goal, career high. Uh, plus three, uh, played 2047. Uh and he just looked really, really happy. I, I just happy for him because it's been a tough year for everybody. Nobody's really been happy. And I just think uh, those stay-at-home defensemen type uh, get overlooked, if you will. Yeah. And so I'm just shocked he racked up seven shots on goal. He's He fits – very good player. He fits the mold of if you're talking about him, it's probably not for a good thing, yes. right? Because he makes yes. a glaring mistake. And, and it's happened to us on his show. Like, he, he's not – ever bad he had one game this year where he was he was horrific one time um and we blew him up on the show oh, i did anyway but it was just, and it wasn't to highlight the players just like here's a guy this is how bad things are going here's a guy that's consistently good and this is what we're showing um but he had a great night the other night i i always i love i love love the player he just makes clean plays works hard 
um, when you get to see him have, he's kind of like a thought in a sense. Like if you're talking about him, mm -hmm. something's going wrong. He's making a glaring mistake. And when you get some offense and seven shots is a hell of a night for a defenseman. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, you see him smiling. It's he, he deserves it. Cause it's, it's, it's a very, very unglorified position. Um, yes. to be, a de to be a defenseman that is generally bailing out his offensively gifted uh, partners. <laughs> right those guys are up the ice and he's taking numbers coming back so he's good player i thought you were going to give it to me um because i haven't missed a show in a long time I'm, i've been on but, fire i want to see how far <laughs> i have to go back i just want to point out bob uh you're supposed to make the shows <laughs> what, twice a week <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know when we went to, yeah. are you i'm sure? gonna check yeah, yeah i don't know you, you get back to me um, I will, but I, 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 <laughs> I do appreciate you being here. I will try to work you into, uh, upgrading the employee of the month prize pack. I went through the holidays engagement. Like I just been nailing it. So oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I was going to give it to Yorkie yesterday for doing it on vacation. So maybe I can, well, I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay. So today All it's right. Artem Zub. Okay. Don't take Deal. a spotlight. Deal. Deal. Uh, he's a beauty. I like it. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the player. He's and great and just a good, he seems like he's great for the city and the, and the, and the players probably call him Zuby running around the room and having fun. So good for him. I, so I've tried for two and a half, three years or whatever to get him on the show. And his agent just goes, he doesn't do interviews. And I'm like, come on, just once, just once. He is he just a quiet guy that doesn't want to, or is it the language barrier too, or it's the language barrier. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, I get it one day, hopefully one day. Um, so now we'll get to lock of the day since, uh, we're talking about Colorado. They are, st they're a, a wagon. I, I know wagon sounds like a silly term, but like nine, two and one, they haven't lost three games in regulation all year. And I think they've only lost two. Uh, I think they've only lost back-to-back -back games two or three times this year. Nathan McKinnon has gone six games without a point. They've played 44 games or whatever it is. Wait, six I'm sorry. Games. Oh, all year he's only had six games without a point. What, did he have one last night? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. They, I mean, they are a wagon. They're, they're, a, they're just a hell of a hockey team. And Sheldon Keefe said it the other night. He's like, when those five guys are on the ice, that's not the NHL. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> And he's not wrong. There's a couple lines like that that get out there um, where you're like, "This is next level," um, and they're and they're playing at a different speed, and um, they have arguably the best at it in the late in the league. So um, the boys got their work cut out for them. So good yes. luck. Yeah, uh, and, and they they're going to be on. Well, and they're going to be honoring. Well, that's the thing, right? So they're coming in. I, this is an interesting game for me. I would have normally have said. Uh, Colorado will just roll in here. Remember what they did? They dismantled Ottawa uh, in Colorado, which I think was Jacques' first game, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. So, what? So, Yorkie, by the way, he's taking Colorado. And he doesn't have to defend his position because he's out just. <laughs> He's not touring retirement homes. He's having a Mai Tai on the beach, right? It's 945. That's <laughs> exactly what he's doing right now. And I'm. I can't, you can't go against the stats that are on the board right now. One and six in the last seven, five plus goals the last five games. Chucky's been good against them, which that, that always scares me because when Chucky gets one, he's generally going to get two. Um, so if he scores early in the game, I'm going to be tightening up a little bit over here, but <laughs> I, I'm still taking Colorado. I, the goaltending situation is tough. The defending against that line is tough. Um, and they lost last night to a team that they should absolutely have walked. So they're going to be pissed. And they had a lead in that game. They were yeah. up uh, 2-1, and then they allowed them. Uh, did they go up 3-2? Anyway, I know it was Can't tied 3-3, three, three, and then they gave up the late goal uh, four minutes to go in that game. <sighs> See, if they if they win last night, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really thinking about because that would be a classic trap game. But they're probably not going to skate today. They're going to have a video, and they're going to get a little bit of a whack saying, if we can't close out against the Montreal Canadiens, how the hell are we going to do it against the Vegas Golden Knights? And that's what they're that's what they're hearing today, I'm sure. Uh, yes, and that's what my concern is. Uh, so I'm with you. I think it's a Colorado sweep here, uh, unfortunately, for lock of the day. That's tough to tough to not pick that one. Uh, <laughs> but you brought up uh, Vegas. 
your good friend. Did you see last night? Mark Stone is very Stoner. first regular season hat trick. Yeah, I did see it. I haven't watched the goals on that one yet, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing the celebration on number three. <laughs> He's uh yes, I I still think the world of him, but I'm just shocked. Uh, how good he's and consistent he's been to not have had a hat trick by now. I know he, ha he has a playoff one, Stanley Cup final, if I'm not mistaken, right? The game winner was a hat trick. Yeah, I believe so. Um, but if, he's not a he's not a goal scorer. He just finds ways to score from time to time. Like yes. he's, he's consistently enough, right? You you score it. He's a 20 goal scorer. Um, so it's a goal every four games when you really when you break it down, obviously, and that's kind of where he fits. But his marks always on the the way he controls the game when he's out there and, and second, he's a, he's a great playmaker. He makes the right play all the time, but um, does not surprise me. It's his first hat trick. I will, I will say that. wonder how you celebrate that in Vegas. Uh, I could tell you how I would have back in the day, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we're a family friendly show. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's up to four, 44 points, 44. He's a point per game player. I think he's, um, do we have a comeback player of the year award? I don't think we do. That's, um nhl wise no yeah it's the masterson uh, masterton usually just the masterton yeah which after missing all that time with it but he already won the cup so but it's just i mean his back injuries are significant and to come back and play at that level is, and yes. do it in the west is very impressive yes he yeah. uh i'd be interesting to see if he gets the nominee by the way jack do you see jack eichel is now out long term or yeah they're they aren't sure how serious it is but I, they're if being cautious. Enough, it might be serious enough just to get them to the end of April for a little more manipulation. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. It's going to cause too many issues. Okay. All right. No, uh, listen, I don't want to keep you because I know you got a lot of shoveling to do. A lot of shoveling, long driveway, <laughs> and I don't even have, I don't own a shovel, so you should have seen me. I was out there with the, uh, not even a snowblower, now. <laughs> I was out there with the blower yesterday trying to get it off the driveway so we could get out. You wait, you couldn't get out? Is it all it like it, six so, inches. No, it was everything um uh, blowing. We have a portacache. So the way it blows and the wind's been really bad. We had a wind advisory at the same time as a winter storm advisory. So it all bundled up directly against the garages and I opened the garages and it was yay high. So um yeah, and Lindsay had driven in snow one time before yesterday. So just yeah. Still amazes me. Yeah. Still amazes I was me. I was out there in shorts, <laughs> like shorts and flip-flops actually blowing it out. And she's people are just staring at me. I said, See, all you the missed time. it up here. I know I do miss it. I miss it. I miss the weather. <laughs> I miss all four all right. seasons. Uh well, enjoy your your winter advisories. I don't <laughs> do you just stay home? Uh, I don't. The roads are fine. You should have seen me. I'm the only person driving in the left-hand lane today in the freeway. Everybody's in a single file on the right-hand side. All the big tough guys down here in their F-150s that are made for this, <laughs> doing 55. But I'm going to go do whatever I want to do, except hit golf balls. Uh, okay. All right, buddy. Uh, take care. See you Thursday, 3 p.m. I'll uh, be there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Right. I'm so happy for your uh, attendance. Three for Gold the star. I haven't missed one this month, this year. <laughs> See, See you, Bob. Guys. Thanks, everybody. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.